Hey everyone, it's Jake here. Thanks for joining in to the Wellspring Podcast. If you're ready to be encouraged, but also challenged to live a bold life for Jesus and get rid of the old useless traditions of man, well, you've come to the right place. So buckle up and let's dive into this week's message. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day. Father, thank you for this time. Lord, I pray for this word, these, this word of God that I'm about to speak. I pray that it would pierce through the darkness, that it pierce through the darkness in our hearts. Would you search our hearts this morning, God, and take out anything in us that's not of you? I pray that your word would have full effect this morning, that your word would speak um, more volumes than any kind of fancy word that I could ever say. Father, may I not get up here and say anything of my passion, but only of your initiative, God. I pray that you would open our hearts to hear, to see, and to know you more, Lord. Would you become our shepherd today as I talk about you and how you have shepherded my life, Father, would you shepherd theirs? And would you teach us how to be sheep that stay close, that remain sheep that stay under your staff? I pray that your word would be powerful, that it would bring us to tremble this morning. I thank you, Jesus, and praise you in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. If you're taking notes this morning, write down the title. It's really simple. I just need Jesus. And then put a period, okay? Correct grammar. And then I want you to write the word period and then put a period, okay? I just need Jesus. In a culture that um, thinks it's necessary to hype things up and make things more attractive, I feel that... We have lost the power of Jesus. We have TikTok and Instagram and, and all these fancy ways to make it, uh, you know, make the gospel catchy again. And what I'm finding is that when church, churches just preach Jesus, it sets apart from all of the flaky stuff and people are recognizing and it's something real that we can grasp onto, Right? You have different, if you look at the church, there's different movements and different ways things happen. And there's one thing that remains. The one thing that always works. One thing that always causes breakthrough in people's lives. One thing that always brings people to their knees. It's the name of Jesus. And that is timeless. The name of Jesus is timeless. It goes on and on and on. This morning, I want to encourage y'all to open up your, your notebooks. Jennifer always got her notebook. She's, she's always hungry because if you write it down, you're, 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 you're hearing it twice, basically. <laughs> you're, you're basically hearing it twice. Get out your phones. You'll always see me. I'm not over here texting. I'm writing notes. I'm sitting at the front of my seat. There, there's, something about, um, there's something to be said about how we respond in church. It's very easy to sit back and have a posture of just like, let me hear what the pastor has to say. Let me, let me hear, let me, let me listen to this song. Oh, that's nice. That's a good tune. Oh, that doesn't sound. It's really easy to treat church like a grocery store. Man, I want the 2% milk. I don't want 1%. Or, man, I, I really like chocolate milk. I, don't, I can't do anything but chocolate milk. You know, it's really easy to pick and choose what you do and don't like, but newsflash, this isn't for you. This is the temple of God. And whenever in the old in the Old Testament, when they had to come into the tabernacle, it was to offer sacrifice to the Lord. Right? Churches where where church isn't primary. If you're a Christian and you have walked with the Lord, church isn't the place where you are fed. It's the place where you use God to feed those who need meat, who have been drinking milk but need meat. That's what church is for. It's not just to come here and, and here get some goosebumps. And I, that's kind of controversial. But we come to give. 
Churches, one for God, and two to spread the love of Jesus to others. That's what the church is for Sunday morning. The rest of the week is where you're on your, in your prayer closet crying out to the Lord. Because that's what costs you something. Nobody else sees you worshiping in your prayer closet on Monday morning and Tuesday morning. It costs you something. And what makes a relationship special is it's because it's between you and him. Amen. I remember when, um, you know, me and Chloe, we first started dating and there's that, that, you know, I, I want to woo her. Like, it's like, I, like if I'm, if I'm going to, if I want to marry this, this girl one day, I really got to start out strong. So, I, so I, would be, I, would, I remember I'd pick her up every single day after work. As soon as she got off, the moment I would wait out in the parking lot for her to get off work. And we would go, and, I, you know, we'd look into each other's eyes with a sparkle in our eyes. And we'd go, we'd look at Christmas lights, and, you know, we'd go out to eat and, you know, feed each other a little string of fettuccine. <laughs> We we are just lost in each other's like like we're just totally in love, and I remember having that moment um, with Jesus when I first met him. It was I remember I just experienced his presence and it just overflowed me and I was just like oh this is I have to tell everybody, and like me and Chloe's relationship, if I just, you know, begin working, just do my everything. If I'm not, I have to keep in that same mindset of, like, I have to, I have to, like, make her, like, I, I got to really show her that I love her because that's what cost me something. If I was just going to bring her some mac and cheese home, hey, here you go. Do you love me? I worked hard for you today. Do you? No, I had to spend intentional time with her. And I kind of, the, the main message that, <laughs> no, she, she she loved mac and cheese. That was probably actually make her go crazy. But <clears throat> so um when I was preparing this message um throughout the week, I was I went to um Bringle Lake. Bringle. Bringle Lake. And if you go out to the dock, there's man, it is beautiful. You can just, you can look out and there's the trees that are like orange colors and then you have like the, the, the cattails and the, all the stuff along the water and oh my goodness, it's just, just the water's just flowing just right. You ever, every once in a while I see a fish jump up and just quiet. And I was like, Lord, what do you want us to hear this morning? And and he, he, he had me look out over this, and he was like, I created all of this. And then he reminded me of Psalms 23, which we're going to get into. And he began to minister to me how he was worshipped in the Bible. How he, how he was, how the king of kings was addressed in the Bible. And he began, he's like, true experience in my presence is, it looks a lot different than how we often worship him. It looks a lot different. And I feel like, I, I'm, this isn't me attacking anybody, but I feel like the worship that I see in the Bible costed them something, while the paradox is that in the American church, it doesn't really cost us much to come here. Our biggest complaint is that there was a traffic jam on the way to church and we had to wait a little bit longer to get here. You know, it's, it, it, worship in America doesn't cost us something. Well, in the Bible, when you come in contact with the presence of God, it was just awe and wonder, just, just awestruck. And, man, I, I love teaching young people and I, I love teaching people in other countries. For one reason, they're hungry. Young people, I'm telling you, when I go into Pathway, just in town, these kids have never opened their Bible before, and they are hungry. They don't even know hardly who Jesus is. They've never even heard his name, and they are hungry. They're like, I want to be a good father one day. I want to get to know Jesus. I want to teach my kids about Jesus. Now tell me, 
That doesn't happen, but it's happening. And people in other countries, they, they literally rely on him. They literally have to be shepherded. They, like, if God didn't provide for them, they wouldn't eat. And you might think, you might think, man, I've, Brother Lee, you're, you're an inspiration to me, but you might think, man, I've heard every sermon. I've heard, Brother Lee, probably, you could probably recite the sermon I'm about to say, word if I were, just by, just, just cause. You've heard it. You might think, I've heard every sermon. Well, great. If you've heard every sermon, then you should be, you should be just on fire for Jesus. If you've heard every sermon, you ought to be praising him like never before. You ought to be on your face because you've heard every sermon. <laughs> you've read every Bible verse. Well, it's like, I haven't read every Bible verse. And when I read one, I'm like, oh my gosh, he did that? God did that? What? Like, that's what the word of God does. The word of God, if you've heard every verse, you ought to be just in, re you ought to be a, a walking, talking revelations. <laughs> like, Brother Lee, anytime you talk to him, it's just word of God in your life. And he walks in miracles. He walks in healing. Do, th this is a heart a heart reflection. I want you to reflect right here, church, and me as well. When you hear the word of God, do you tremble to your core? Does it, it's like, it's like kind of a, like a lip tremble, like, oh, like, oh my gosh. Do, do you tremble at his word? See, when I was praying about this, I, the Lord is like, you could speak every revelational five-point sermon, just nail it, and it would be vain if it didn't align with my word. His same word that was preached in the very beginning when he said, let there be light, the same word that was used when he created our innermost being, when he designed the most intricate parts of us, is the same word that was preached right here. This is the same word that shines into the darkness of our world. And so when we see darkness, this is the answer. Jesus is the answer. I just need Jesus. Period. I just need Jesus. But Jesus is searching. What's he searching for? Thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. Where then is a house you could build for me? And where is a place that I may rest? For my hand made all these things. Thus all these things came into being, declares to the Lord. All these things. But to this one I look, to him who is humble, lowly, and contrite of spirit, and who trembles at my word. That's the one who the Lord is looking for. He's not looking for the next Stephen Furtick and the, ne the next, you know, He's not looking for the next Michael Todd and the next, he, he's looking for those who will humble themselves. I didn't pray for this microphone, nor will I ever. I will be judged more than, right? To those who are humble and say, I, I, woe is me. He's looking for those who will dwell in the prayer closet. See, the same word that was preached in the beginning, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, is the same word right here. And so when we read it, we're about to read scripture, church. We're about to read scripture. 
the word of God. And it, you can sit here and you can just, this. Just, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Or you, or you can press in and be like, cut me, God. Like, I, I want to hear the word of God. I want to know him more. I want to really, I want to really know because a, a, a relationship with God that's just surface level, like this, you know, you read it every once in a while, you come to church on Sunday, will lead you like to atheism. It will lead you to atheism because you're walking, but you're not walking with him. You're coming and you're, you're seeing people experience him, but you're not experiencing him. And when you read your word, it feels boring because you don't read it to know him. You read it to check off a task. I read my Bible today. I, I, I prayed today. Good. Yep. I, I'm doing my Christian duty. There's a different kind of presence and like anointing when we read his word. Like, oh, like, when, like you come to his word, not just to read information, but to like... I want to revere you today, God. I want to tremble at your word. That's all I want, God, is just to tremble at your word. When you come at it with that, with that lowliness, like, oh, I, I don't have it all together. He says he's looking for those who are humble and, and contrite in spirit. Who here? He's, he's, he's saying, who can I dwell in? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and so he's looking to dwell in our temple. So we're going to read scripture this morning and just we're reading scripture. We're reading the word of God and we're going to tremble at his word. If you want to open up, our first one we're going to is Exodus 33. And I want you to to receive this as if the king of kings was, like he, this is his word. As if he was saying, like, if Jesus walked into the church today, would we just sit here and like, oh, yes. No, we would bow down to the king of kings and the Lord of lords and just awe and wonder. We would just fall to our knees because of his glory and all that he has done. So why don't we do that when you open this word? We can today, church. So I'm going to read this, and it's just you and Jesus, where you are. It's just you and Jesus this morning. Let go of all the craziness of everything else, because this is the most important moment when the word of God can pierce your heart. Exodus 33, 18. Not Genesis. <laughs> so, this is when Moses was on the mountain. He went up to he he went up the mountain to talk with the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing of which you have spoken. For you have found favor in my sight. And I have known you by name. Then Moses said, I pray you, show me your glory. And he said, I myself will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and I will show compassion on whom I will show compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no man can see me and live. Then the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and you should stand there on the rock, and will come about while my glory is passing by, that I will put you on the cleft of the rock, and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I'll take my hand away, and you shall see my back, but my face shall not be seen. 
We're talking about a God who is so glorious, so mighty, that if we just seen his face, we would all burn to a crisp. And yet we think that we can come and address him with just, like it's no, like it's no matter. This is the king of glory, the Lord strong and mighty. Genesis 1, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light and there was light. God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was evening and there was morning one day. The same God we worship this morning created the heavens and the earth and all it contains. Exodus 20. Then God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You've heard this a hundred times, church, but you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth, beneath or in the water under the earth, says the Lord God Almighty. You shall not worship them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Says the Lord God Almighty. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord gives you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. All the people perceive the thunder and the lightning flashes and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood at a distance. Then Moses, then they said to Moses, speak to us yourself and we will listen, but let not God speak to us or we will surely die. We will surely die. 
He is so holy, so set apart. How dare we come and bring just part of it? Leviticus 10. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took their respective fire pans, and after putting fire in them, placed incense on it, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. And fire came out from the presence of the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. They died. They didn't tune in, they didn't know the shepherd's voice. They offered half their worship. They offered half themselves, what they wanted to give at that moment. Revelation 3. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of, of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were cold or hot, so that because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Ephesians, or sorry, Isaiah 53. So the word of God. This is the prophecy of Jesus. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore. And our sorrow is he carried. Yet we ourselves esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was pierced through our transgressions. transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord caused iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to a slaughter and like a sheep that is silent before its shears, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people to whom stroke was due? His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord was pleased to crush him putting him to grief. 
he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offering and he will prolong his days and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hands. And as a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it to be satisfied by his knowledge of the righteous one. My servants will justify the many and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I allot him a portion with the great and will divide the booty with the strong because he poured out himself to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for the transgressors. I'm reminded of the the garden of Gethsemane. And Jesus is praying, and he, he's, he's on his knees, and he's weeping, he's praying, and who here, who here's a father? And any, any good father, is, his job is to protect, his job is to make sure no harm comes their way, and if something comes, he will do anything to make sure they're safe. And I want you to just, just picture the garden, the Gethsemane, where, where Jesus is in the garden praying before he's about to be crucified. And he starts crying to the point of grief. He's blood, sweat, and tears just dripping from his face. He said he cried so hard that, that blood started to come out. And he cries out, Father, is there any other way? Is there any other way this can happen? God is, like, he's our father. Imagine looking down to your son or daughter and them saying, I'm about to be shot or killed. And like, father, is there any other way? Yet not my will, but yours. And God has to send his only son to be stricken for our transgressions. What a beautiful picture. The last scripture I want to read is Ephesians 2. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. In which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, and the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them we too all formerly lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Jesus paid it all, church. He paid it all. And it's all about Jesus. This whole book points to Jesus. If you're taking notes, write down, he paid it all. Period. We owe him everything, period. Yet, all he desires, all he asks in return is to be our everything. What beauty. As all he asks is for us to be his everything. To be his everything. Man, I I love the story. I love the Psalms. I love David. 
And I'm going to read Psalms 23, and I'm sure you all know it. And I want this to be a cry, the cry of our heart, that we would be able to say this back to the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm. That preaches better than I could ever preach. That we realize when we are in the presence of the shepherd, there's nothing to want. This, this idea of this whole passage in Psalms 23 introduces proximity. The sheep closest to the shepherd are the safest, no? The sheep that are right here next to the shepherd, they're the ones who are the safest. They're the ones who can be protected. See, we can only be shepherded if we are shepherdable. We can only be shepherded if we are shepherd a bull. God's not going to force you to be his sheep. How do I become shepherdable? Remain. Remain. Remain under his wings. Stay between his rod and his staff. Right here. He's got his cane. This is what he uses to fight off anything that comes. It's right here between his legs. You stay between the presence of Jesus. We dream of great nations and moves of the Holy Spirit. We dream of revivals. We dream of healings. He dreams of our presence. That's all he desires. That's why he died on the cross is so that we can sit at his feet and dwell and not want to go anywhere else because we know that right next to my father is the safest place to be. All he wants is all I am. All he wants is all I am, and all he wants for me is to rest next to him. All he wants is to rest next to you. For us to rest next to him. It's all he desires. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Just picture with this with me. A green pasture. And he, he, he lets his sheep sit down and eat. It says, he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. See, there's a path with God, and it's beautiful when we're throughout the green pastures. When I was sitting there beside that lake, uh, lake Bringle, Bringle Lake, it was like, this is a green pasture. This is amazing. My life is amazing right now. I have a beautiful wife. I have a home. I have a little cat. Like, I get the hunt. You know, my life is a, a green pasture right now, and the Lord is leading me through it. But what happens when the Lord leads you through the valley of the shadow of death? You see, if your life is only ever green pastures, then maybe you're not with the shepherd. And if your life is only ever, always valleys, 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 then maybe you're not with the shepherd. Because the shepherd leads you through those places. See, you're going to have a green season in your life, but there's going to be a valley of the shadow of death. And that's, it, it, and the valley of the shadow of death is where God gets to be God. The Lord loves to be a shepherd in the valley. He says, even in the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you're with God. God's names are lover. He's a friend. He's a protector. He's a provider. 
He's a king. He can only be those things when we are in need of him. If we're always in the green valley, then he can't be protector for us. Or if we're always in the green pasture, he cannot always be he cannot be protected because there's nothing to protect from. Whenever we, we, if we're always just have money and we're just great, he can't be our provider because we're not relying upon him. He desires to be those things and he can only be those things when we let him. It's very easy. To, I mean, just a testimony for me. I, I was going through a season and the Lord had to teach me this is I was, I was trying to grip my teeth. I was trying to work hard. I was trying to, you know, Treat Chloe right and just, and just grit my teeth. But the Lord said, let me shepherd you. Relax. Let me be your provider. It's only then when you will, that you will walk and prosper. It is in the trials that you, trials produce endurance, right? Going through hardship, it creates a strength. It's like the working out analogy. You work out, you tear your muscles apart so that you become strong. It's the same concept. Trials produce endurance. Who remembers Peter walking on water? Yeah? Peter walked on water. Jesus calls him out. I want you to picture this, this story real quick. Jesus, he, Jesus calls him out in the water. and he, what, what did Peter do that nobody else did? He got out of the boat. Right? We always get on Peter, oh, you man of little faith. But what did Peter do that nobody else did? He saw the storm, and yet he stepped out onto the waters, onto the chaos. And he pursued Jesus in it. That's one thing that Peter always did. And I think Jesus' heart to, was, to everybody else was, who told you the boat was safer? Who told you the boat was safer? See, we, we, we like to sit back in our own comfortability, but sometimes God's going to ask us to step out of the boat. And that is the safest place because you're looking at Jesus. See, if Peter would have kept his eyes on Jesus and just on Jesus, he would have walked and the, no storm would ever hurt him. He would just walked and walked. Who told you, church, that the boat is safer? It's about time we step out of our comfort zones, out of our comfy seats and step into something you have time to make an impact on the people around you. I promise you. Who remembers the, the, mo the famous Bible verse? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. It's on, on all the football uniforms. It's everywhere. But... Who knows that the concept, the context of that verse was Paul was, he, he had been in prison, been beaten. But I, that doesn't sound like a, the right time to, play, to put that. Seems like he would put it when he's, you know, he just won the football game and I can do. He was at his lowest moment and yet he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's through Christ. All Jesus, what I want you to get this morning is if you didn't get one thing out of this message, I want you to know that all Jesus wants is all of us. He wants all your heart. Can you truly proclaim to the God of the universe that I, like to the one who's seated on the throne, I love you with all my heart, soul, and strength. Like, can, can those words come into your, out of your mouth? Like, like there, had, there was a moment in my life where I had to say, Lord, I don't love you with all my heart and soul and strength, but I want to. I had to admit, Lord, I, when I read your word, I don't tremble. And in, those, in that time of my life, the Lord had to teach me how to be his sheep. He taught me how to remain close and, and remain close to him in the valley. What does this look like physically? See, there's a lot of times we can give a whole bunch of spiritual principles, but to, what does that look like every single day? It looks like waking up. I'm telling you, whenever the Lord gave me this in 2022, I was like, I remember I was sitting in prayer and I was like, Lord, I don't really love you with all my heart, soul, and strength. 
and I don't really tremble at your word. And I, this is what you're gonna have to do. You're gonna have to wake up. I woke up at 5 a.m. every single morning and I went, no matter how tired I was, walked in the freezing cold from, we were up in Leaders Academy, up in the freezing cold, walking all, you know, it was like a quarter mile to the thing in the freezing cold and I would just get on my knees and pray in a little room where nobody seen me. And I did it every single day. And you know how many times that I didn't get a revelation and just fired. It was just me being in his presence, no matter what happened. That's what it looks like. You wake up every single morning and Lord, I'm here. I'm tired. I'm so tired, but I'm going to praise you because you're worthy. And I want to learn to love you with all my heart, soul, and strength. I went on a journey of learning how to walk and talk with the shepherd, just like David. David walked and talked with the shepherd out in the field. That's where he got the revelation to write Psalms. We want the Lord to take us to a place of the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. See, we're always, we're always waiting for the next thing in life. Like what's, what's next? What, Lord, are you going to give me that, that, that girl I want? Are you going to give me that boy I want? And I can truly tell you that like before, before the Lord opened my eyes, to God, I was like sold out for him. And I'm not hyping myself up, but this is what it looks like. It looks like pursuing the face of Jesus. And then if the blessings come, great. Looks like pursuing the face of Jesus. And if he touches me, amazing. But you can pursue, you can wonder, God, why are you doing this to me? Why is this happening in my life? All you want. But to really know his will, you have to press into his face. And you have to walk step and step with him. Because Jesus is going to step. And then he's going to turn. And you got to follow him. Hear the shepherd's voice. I want to read one more passage, and then we're going to pray it out. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers come upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I have asked for the Lord, that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me. And I'll offer his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. And I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. When you said, seek my face, my heart, sa my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. <laughs> there were some moments where in my journey with the Lord, I would go in my secret place and the Lord would ask, like he would say, this is so funny, but the Lord would be like, will you dance for me? And like, I was like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? I'm like, whip or like, what am I, you want me to gritty? <laughs> or is that shoot? Like, but I literally, I probably looked like a fool. And I hope nobody, I hope nobody ever like walked up to that room and kind of like looked in the window and was like, what's going on? Because I looked like a freak. I was in there like, yeah, Jesus. I was like, I was like, jump. but that's what the Lord asked of me. So who am I to say any different? And you might think, oh, that's not very masculine. That's not very, oh, that's kind of, True masculine is, uh, it is wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. True masculinity is, is you 
provide for your family. You, you become strong, strong physically. You, you become strong mentally to be able to lead your family. But true masculinity also has the gentle heart of Jesus where he walked to the children and he said, come, come sit with me. Come dwell with me, children. And he gathered them. And he's a strong man is gentle to woman and he, he watches his mouth. That's what Jesus looks like. And so when Jesus asked me to dance for him, it wasn't a matter of, oh, I don't, that's too, uh, I don't really do those things, God. I, I'm just, I'm too, I'm too masculine for that. I'll kind of, I'll do other things. I'll, I'll get on my knees if you want me to. He asked me to dance. Amen. When I, when I read the Psalms, I'm like, this dude was not worried about his masculinity when he wrote this. He was like, like he was like just in love with Jesus, with all his heart. And when he, in those moments, when I, whenever I was pursuing Chloe, I had to turn off a little bit of, you know, my masculine urge. I had to see to her. I had to, to be gentle with her. I had to make her feel, feel, feel beautiful. And if, if that's the desire of a woman's heart to feel beautiful, then is it not the desire of God's heart? <laughs> God is both masculine and feminine. And so that's what when I close with, I just felt lead to share that with y'all. Don't, don't put God in a box of what you think he likes to be worshipped. Dance with him. It's you and him. It's called intimacy for a reason. It's, it's you and him and nobody else. It's just you and him in your prayer closet. Pursue him. Read his word with just revelation. Lord, I want to tremble at your word today. That's all I want is just to dwell in your house. If you're lonely, it's just, Lord, I want to dwell in your house all the days of my life. If I never get anything else, it's all I want is you. That's the heart of this message is just get Jesus because he's alive and he's sitting on the throne. Jesus, thank you for this word. Thank you for your word that pierces through the darkness of this world. Lord, would we not be quiet? Would we not be apathetic to what we see, Jesus? Father, would you raise up young people, use the old as mentors, as leaders to Govern these, these young people as they're learning and hearing so much different things. I pray that your word would pierce our hearts. You would change our hearts. Father, we just want you. Jesus, we just want you. Nothing else. Grow us into be strong fathers and loving mothers, I pray that a new generation would rise up of people who just want your word, not all the fancy, not all the, the extra, but just your word, Jesus. Use us and guide us as we go, Father. Help us to be your church and to love on others. In Jesus' name, we praise you. Everybody said, amen. God bless y'all. <laughs>